coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. I like that. I like that. That's a little soul music in there. That's a little soul in there. Okay, so you're from Germany, but hey, that's a little soul music, Bill. What's going on, Bill? Well, she's not from Parma, I can tell you that. But I can tell you what, Odell, I worked for seven years at the Frankfurt Airport and I got to travel, so I got to meet a couple of black people that way. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Power to the black people, thank you. Let's talk about it. Can we talk? Can we talk about it? No, we can't talk about it. You offended me. That's childish. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill, one. you got to have one, a nope. token black person, a token And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we just uh, ask for your blessings on this podcast today as we explore uh, interesting people and interesting set of events figured around 9-11. Lord, um, thank you for my friend Odell, my brother. I uh, love him and his family very much. Uh, thank you for this podcast and the people that listen to it. We ask blessings on them as they travel about wherever they're at. Amen. Father God, we just come to you saying thank you for just being so good. Thank you that we can come together and agree to disagree without being disagreeable. God, we just thank you for so many different individuals listening, understanding, wanting to be a part of the podcast. And the whole idea of common ground is so needed. God, we thank you for trusting us with the vision as we try to do your bidding. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. So I'm Katya Brown. I'm currently the board president of the Piedmont Interfaith Council. I have great appreciation for all different kinds of faith. And I would like to offer this quote by Albert Schweitzer. Sometimes our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. So maybe be, be the spark in this world. Amen. Amen. We, and we hope uh, our podcast can be a spark for people Thank as you. they go through. Me. So Adele, how you doing, buddy? You know, I love what, what she said. I'm doing fine. Sometime our own light goes out. So Katia, make sure I pronounce it right. Yes, yes, you got Katia, it. Katia, Bill, mm-hmm. and Odell, a good-looking Black man. <laughs> so are we saying that we don't have the ability to reignite our own spark? We need each other. I think we're better off if we are open for help. 
you know, kind of like lean on me. If you're not strong, I will, I will be your friend and I help you carry on. I like that. I like that. That's a little soul music mm -hmm. in there. That's a little soul in there. <laughs> okay. So you're from Germany, but hey, that's a little soul music, Bill. What's going on, Bill? Yeah, she's not from Parma. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. No, that's a great, good, you know, it, it gives you pause to think about that. Uh, how we all influence each other mm -hmm. and how we build better together yes. than we do independently. That's right. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Bill, help me with our guest today, because I know you're going to um, introduce us for, but, but the whole idea of nine 11, we all understand nine 11. I just came back from um, a couple of weeks ago, visiting my son who is no longer in LA now. Now he works in Manhattan and just being in New York for Christmas and just, all the people, all the sights, all the sounds, everything, Rockefeller Center, you know, the Christmas tree, the whole skating ring. And, you know, I, did, I didn't skate, Bill. I didn't skate. The good looking black man didn't go skating in Rockefeller Center, just so you know. But then you start thinking about the Twin Towers and 9-11. Hmm. What, what do you think, Bill? What, what, what memories did that bring there? Well, I guess I was going to ask you, where were you when it happened? Where were you when it I, You know, it's, at, it's interesting. I was working for an agency that I created, Welfare Reform Liaison Project. We were in the warehouse um, getting ready to get some stuff, kind of getting ready for the Christmas season. And Welfare Reform was designed to help low-income families. You know, so we were doing that. We heard a small little plane crashed, you know, and we're like, okay, no big deal. And then all of a sudden you hear really what's going on. So it just stops. And it's one of those moments where I could remember who was there with me. I mean, you know, and I'm old, I can't remember anything, but I can remember who was in the warehouse with us, what we thought, how we just all stopped and like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Where were you? you? Know, well, I was on my way to Washington, D.C. I was driving up there. I had a meeting that night down right across from the Capitol uh, with a group of Christians. Uh, there was a big convention. Dr. K. Paul was speaking, so he invited me up, and I was at the Marriott right across from uh, the Capitol and uh, near the White House, and I was about three-quarters of the way up, and Dory called me, and she says, have you been listening to the radio? I said, no, I, I've been listening to other music and stuff, but not, not the radio. Uh, she says, you need to turn on the radio, and I think you need to come home, and uh, so I said, she says, and by the way, you're going to DC, aren't you? And I said, I am. And then after that, you're going to the World Trade Center. Mm. I had a meeting mm. in the World Trade Center. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, later. Bill. Yeah. Two days later, I had a group of guys from MPAC that we were meeting there and we we're going to talk. And uh, I was going to spend a, a night or two. I can't remember now. It's you know, like you said, I'm old. I was spent a night or two in DC at this event. And then I was going to drive up to uh, New York City. I have some good friends in Connecticut I was going to stay with, and uh, I was going to go to my meeting in, in Manhattan at the World Trade Center. You know, it's interesting when you think about that. And, you know, Bill, as I listen to our podcast, we use interesting a lot. That's just our word. Interesting, interesting <laughs> and common ground. If that plane was headed to the Capitol, remember the one that crashed in uh, Philadelphia? Yeah. I mean, in uh, Pennsylvania. Yep. That was headed to the Capitol. That's right. It's going to the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it makes you pause, makes you think about God's hand in a lot of things. So when I after I, I heard and listened a little more and realized that, you know, it wasn't a little plane and it was we were being attacked. 
I decided to turn around and come back home, be with my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it was interesting. My daughter, Jessa was living in West Virginia at the time. And I, I didn't know this till later, but she called Dory, her mom and said, mom, where's dad? I know he's been traveling. Where's dad. <laughs> and she told her, she says, is he coming home? And I said, yeah, he's coming home. But then, uh, and then all the experiences sitting here and looking up in the sky and not seeing any jet jets or vapor lines or anything. It was eerie what happened. Uh, and then we had a guy from Greensboro, uh, David Griffin, uh, who's, who owns a uh, wrecking company. Uh, David, we could get him on the show. He, he took a group and went up to DC and he said, they're going to need my help with taking mm-hmm. apart this building. And David's a good old country boy. And uh, he went up there and he was told, I don't, we don't need your help. And uh, one of the people that was running it for the federal government bumped into David and knew about David's ability to take down buildings. Uh, And he said, I'm going to make you head of the whole team to take apart the world trade center. And he did it in record time. And he's brought back from that event uh, a couple of pieces of the world trade center. I think one of them is in downtown Greensboro. And uh, one of them was at the uh, honor field in Kernersville. And uh, I think he's taken his boots and put them into the uh, history museum in Greensboro. So we've got a you know big connection with this. You know, I heard there's a piece of the World Trade Center in Gander, Newfoundland. That's what I heard. Well, how did that happen? <laughs> well, that's a great question. I, I don't think it, I don't think it floated there. <laughs> okay. I think somebody took it. The, uh, but, you know, we have somebody on as a guest that uh, was part of that 36 planes that were grounded in Gander. Uh, and there's a play called Come From Away that's I saw last week. The best play I've ever seen. Holy cow. You laugh, you cry. It is just feeling good about what some people have done. And, uh, and Katia was uh, on a plane from Frankfurt. To Wait a minute, whoa, 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 what's the name again, Bill? Katya. <laughs> Is she from Burma? Is she from Burma, Bill? <laughs> she's not from Denton, North Carolina. I can tell you that. So she's not from Burma or Charleston. No, right? she she grew up near near Frankfurt in a little town of five hundred. She said. Yep. And wow. uh, and she's been here since nineteen ninety six. Were any black people in that little town in Germany? Any black people, Bill? No, absolutely no black people there. They sounds like Parma. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder if we're related. We might be related. I'm German. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you what, Odell, I worked for seven years at the Frankfurt airport and I got to travel. So I got to meet a couple of black people that way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Power to the black people. Thank you. Yeah, but none of them were as good looking as Odell, right? That is absolutely true. You're telling the truth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, she, she was part of that 7,000 people that, landed in that little island and i am so curious because i saw the movie I, I i knew a little bit about it but the movie kind of fills in a lot of blanks and i'm sure she's going to fill in even more blanks yep you ready uh, we're ready we <laughs> okay. got our seatbelt on so so you're flying from frankfurt yes and the pilot comes on and says okay so let me take you back a little bit so i had visited my family all of my family is still in germany in that tiny little town of 500 people. No black people. No black people. <laughs> Lots of chickens, though. Were any chickens Lots black? Of farmers. <laughs> any black chickens? Yeah. Okay, yeah, got black yeah, chickens. Yeah, We're good. Yeah. Hey, you know, Odell loves fried chicken. Okay, yeah. We got 
Food Bill and loves music. fried chicken got that too, in so <laughs> thank you. Bill and Odell love fried chicken. Uh, so uh, when we get fried chicken, chicken in that little town. Yeah, we got some good food there. That's oh, for sure. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we go to fried chicken. It's not me. It's not my idea. Usually, it's Odell's. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I was traveling. Uh, I had my two babies with me. My son was just a year old. Oh my goodness. My daughter was three months old. Holy cow. And Stephen, my husband, was not able to travel with me because you know over here you have very little vacation time. So. Um, while I was working at the Frankfurt airport, I had my best friend, Renata. She and I, we traveled together all the time. And she was with me on that day in 9-11-2001 on that Lufthansa airplane. We were sitting way up front in the bulkhead, right across from the uh, flight attendant. We were on our merry way. And as we were getting over Gander, Newfoundland, they said, we're sorry, we have to do an emergency landing. And the a flight attendant was actually quite honest with us. She said there has been a terrorist attack in the United States and we're not the air only airplane that's going to be stranded there. So we were landing there and it was packed. So Gander actually has a long runway. And before the uh, airplanes were so big that they could make that whole transatlantic flight, it used to be a refueling station. And it's also known as the lifeboat of the Atlantic. So if anything would happen during a flight between Europe and America, that's the place to land. Ah, interesting. So, um, by the way, I thought it was quite interested in the play. I didn't realize it, but they were saying the reason why they didn't divert us to other bigger cities like uh, Toronto was that Gander is a small town and they have less to lose there. That was quite wow. chilling. Because they thought there might be a terrorist exactly, on the Exactly, because you know what? It was such an uncertain time. Nobody knew anything about the uh, passengers on those airplanes. It could have been that there are more terrorists on these planes. Wow. So it, we were actually stuck out on the tarmac for quite a while because, uh, as you know from the play, the bus drivers were striking. So um, they had to get everything organized. First of all, they had to get the bus drivers ready to transport everybody. The Red Cross had to put out the cots in these different places they put us. They had to get food and medicine and diapers and everything ready for us. And, you know, they kind of had to get all the logistics and all the clearances. Yes, this is what we're going to do. We're going to let these people off the planes. We don't know any of them, but we're going to welcome them. Wow. Did they allow you to get your baggage? No. So you had just what you were wearing. Exactly. Whoa. And yeah. you, had, you had babies. I had babies, but like I said, they were fantastic. So I didn't see any of the closing deck, uh, donations that they had mentioned in the play. What I ended up doing was... I, you know, Gander is a small town. You just walk places. So I walked to this closest mall there and I got myself some new underwear <laughs> and some fresh socks and stuff like that. And uh, so the people were just fantastic. So I think nobody in that town actually went to their real jobs. They all just saw how they could help us. So they made scrambled eggs and bacon for breakfast. They made a hot lunch. And they always ask, can I hold your baby so you can eat in peace? Do you want to come to my house and take a shower? You know, they, they just, they were just amazing. Wow. Did you make any friends? Yes, did I you? did. Tell me about I that. I did. So, um, you know, 
we had a lot of time to kill. Nobody How knew. How long were you there? Uh, we were there for three days. Mm-hmm. Some people were there for five days. We were just there for three days. And I guess it's de- depending on the airline you're flying and what they're deciding to do. But um, so we were just sitting there in that uh, Lions Club and with the TV. And, you know, they had the loop going off the terrorist attacks. And it's something really terrible to watch. So you just talk to the other people and found out a little bit more about where they're from, where they're heading, what their plans are. So I met this lady that's originally from Japan, and she's married to this German gentleman. So her name is Kimiko, and her husband is Christian. And Christian was working for Lufthansa, and they had lived all over the world, like three years here, four years there. And at that time, when we met, they were stationed in Dallas, Texas. So we exchanged information and we stayed in touch. And I visited her several times after we safely came back to Dallas the second time around. And now they are retired and they live in Lübeck, which is a city close to Hamburg. And they hosted us, yeah. hosted us there wow. and they were just fantastic. We well, you know when you were, were you were on the plane, how long were you on the plane before they left you after you said a couple hours? Oh, no, more than a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, we were stuck there for at least 12 hours. 12 hours yeah. on a plane. Holy, yeah. You know, yeah. sitting on a plane for 12 hours yeah. is tough with a little one, even tougher. Yeah. So people always ask me, so is my character part of the play? And I said, no, it's not. So there were about 6,500 passengers stranded there in the town of 10,000 people. So they just took a couple of highlights. Um, People with the little babies are not featured because part of the play is people drinking a lot in bars and stuff like that. (laughs) When you have a little baby, that's all consuming. You just make sure that your babies are taken care of. Yeah, you have a full-time job. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Now, when you were on the plane for 12 hours, did they give you much information on what was going on? No, because everything was still um, evolving, you know, so... So you were just like, what in the world yeah. is going on? What kind of terrorist attack could they have? Because exactly. uh, you hadn't seen the television then no. or anything? No. See, this was all before cell phones, too. Yeah. The other thing that the people in Gander ended up doing for us, they uh, created phone banks. So we were able to call our loved ones. Oh. So I called my family in Germany and I called Stephen and Stephen was ready to come get us. But the problem is Gander is an island. So if you don't come by plane... It, you so, have to take a ferry. It's a long swim. And it's a ferry, right? And it was during that time they had rough um, Seas. sea. And so the ferry wasn't even going. So, yeah. So he had no way to come oh, get us. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. The, uh, that, had to be a, that would be a long ferry ride. From, it is very long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What I heard, they called you all the plane people. That's right. Like the plane people. That's and right. I think Gander in the middle of one of the biggest security terrorist attacks known to men and women, you were in a place with two police. They had a two police officer police force there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 They don't need much police because it's there's no crime there. <laughs> Maybe so it's like a ticket or two. You know? <laughs> so it's like Mayberry RFD, not making fun of the situation, but to your point of, you have a police force of two individuals. And I love the part about Captain Beverly Bess mm-hmm. with the American Airline. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I know you weren't flying American Airline, yeah. but when you saw that depicted in the play, what was your thoughts? In the musical, uh, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, so she was definitely one of the main characters of that play because she was a groundbreaker. You know, she started off, she said in the musical that she was playing, flying this plane for the funeral company, like, (laughs) and she was climbing over the bodies. That's like her first job there. But she, you know, she made her way. And it's amazing that she was the first female pilot of one of these big 747s and um you know she stayed calm and collected and was just a wonderful person therefore all the very reassuring for all the passengers on her plane that's great you know one of the musical was talking about the she was saying that she's flying this plane Mm-hmm. And girls shouldn't be in the cockpit. It mm-hmm. was almost like a parody or a rap song, Bill. She wasn't rapping. I don't want to say she was rapping like Run DNC, but I love that part about it. But uh, Keisha, one of the things that I want you to talk a little bit about, because you were there with a lot of different people, talk yep. about planting the seeds to say it's okay to disagree. Because a lot of times when people disagree with us, we cancel them out. And in that situation, everyone was afraid. But more importantly, in the United States, we came together as a people. Mm-hmm. We came together as like, not I dare you attack us, but your attack made us stronger. It didn't divide us. Um, honestly, as the board president of the Interfaith Council, I have to say one thing about that. And it's, yes, for the general public, that is absolutely true. Unfortunately, if you were a Muslim American, then you all of a sudden you were a target because unfortunately, there were people killed just because they looked like a Muslim, like this very peaceful Sikh person had a turban on and he was attacked. He was a small business owner. And just because he looked like a Muslim, they shot him down. So, you know, you say it united us, but again, it united the United States against the common enemy of the Muslim people. Yeah. That that person wasn't shot in Gander, was he? No. No. Okay. Yeah, he was shot someplace. Yeah, you're right. There was absolutely zero violence in Gander. Everybody was just happy that we were taken care of and the people were just fantastic you and know? anxious to get off the island. Yes. Yeah. That's the funny thing yeah. about the play come from away, because that comes from the fact that Gander is an island and everybody that's not from there comes from away. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I wondered about that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, you're, you're right though. The, the people uh, are very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing happened with uh, COVID and the Chinese Absolutely. Oriental people. They were Absolutely. all being attacked. The Asian hate. Yeah, the yes. Asian hate. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we are so quick in, mm-hmm. in, in, as human beings to hate. That's true. Uh, and it takes an effort to love because you got to get to know somebody to love them. Absolutely. And uh, I am so glad, you know, folks, I haven't told you how I met. We went, we were on an interfaith trip that Odell invited us to. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you explain that in a minute. And we met you, my wife and I met you and because there were about what we had about uh, 40 people maybe. Yeah. And uh, so you got to move your seats around after a week and you, 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 you sat with somebody different. Now you had a bus buddy. I had Ron Milstein was my bus buddy. Ron, if you're listening, I love you as a bus buddy. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, the bus buddy was only to make sure you were on the bus <laughs> that you didn't get lost. And, uh, but when you rotated and got to meet so many people, that that trip 
had a huge impact in my life. So explain what the interfaith trip, the interfaith organization, because it's a unique thing, I think, in Greensboro. Yes, absolutely. So I was very fortunate uh, to be invited on this trip in 2019, March of 2019. We all went together uh, to this interfaith mission trip to Israel, to the Holy Land. So it is part of the Community Foundation of Greater Greensboro is sponsoring it, uh, Jewish Foundation and NCCJ. And so we had several uh, planning meetings to get ready and get to know each other a little bit before we went on that trip. And it's supposed to be making our community stronger because, you know, we have an opportunity to get to know each other on a deeper level and continue these friendships after we come back and, you know, maybe offer something for the community like you guys are doing with this podcast. Well, I think part of the, out of that trip probably was this podcast mm-hmm. because Adele and I got to know each other even better. Yeah. Uh, and then we went on the civil rights trip. Mm-hmm. I think you were on that as no, well. I, no, you didn't I go didn't on that. I didn't get a chance to oh, do that. Oh, that was no. terrific. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm anxious to go back to Israel. So it's, uh, it's going to be a while, I'm sure, before yeah. we do that. Yeah. But uh, thank you. Odell, did she miss anything on that? No, she didn't. But I want to add something to it. One of the things that the trip, interface trip to the audience, listening audience, you have Christians, you have people of Jewish descent, you have Muslims, you have uh, people who are atheists, people who just don't believe. And it's a not, no judgment zone. And for many of us, it puts you in an uncomfortable situation. However, it takes you out of our comfort zone. So it's the difference between putting you in an uncomfortable situation and taking one out of their comfort zone because almost just like the island, everybody come from away. No one was there. You, you, didn't, you didn't stay there. You came there. You were a guest. Yeah. And we were in a neutral position where we talked about our faith. We mm-hmm. talked about our religion. We talked about our life experiences. And that was the beauty of the whole thing. And we agreed to disagree because we no one gave up their thoughts or their whatever. But we said, OK, let's at least listen to someone else's position and get a better understanding because we're not in the echo chamber that everyone's just around us. And that's what I love about it. I've been there, as you stated, four different times. No, five different times. And a poor boy from the projects of Charleston, South Carolina, traveling to Israel and discussing race, religion, politics, life, family, love, food, all that with strangers to a certain degree. That was just so eye opening for me. And that's why I keep going, because it feeds my soul. And now I go as one of the leaders who help orchestrate it makes all the difference in the world. But have you ever had any opportunity? examples, Katie, where you said something or did something, planted a seed and someone didn't take it the right way, anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think you can change anybody's mind. I think we have our beliefs, strong beliefs that we hold. What you can do, however, if you connect with other people is add another facet, you know, it's like maybe, uh, make what you said earlier, we don't know what we don't know. If you mention something that they had never heard before, maybe that gets them thinking of, oh, I never saw it that way. Maybe I need to reconsider, you know, maybe I need to soften my position a little bit and make some room. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with that. And, 
And I'm going to add on what Odell said. You know, we went on that trip to Israel. Everybody that was on the trip had their preconceived mm-hmm. thoughts on Israel, mm-hmm. the Jews, mm-hmm. the Christians, the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. We all had these particular thoughts. And by keeping an open mind, a lot of mind changed. Yeah. A lot of mind changed. It's enriched. It, if it, you if you take the time to sit and listen to other people's stories and how they perceive the world and how they come to these conclusions, your life is definitely enriched. Yeah, enriched is the right mm-hmm. word. That's a great word. Because not only you get enriched by the conversations, but you get enriched by the land mm-hmm. and seeing the people and the culture in the history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember talking to Izzy, he was our, our travel guide there and they have to spend years learning things. So we were driving around and I said, Izzy, what happened here? And he goes, what century? <laughs> because it goes back that far. <laughs> and I'm going, Holy cow. I was thinking, you know, through Jesus time. And he goes, well, you want to go back to the Persians and, the, and on and on. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's go back that far. Tell me what happened. And, and he knew it was, it was, it was enriched for me mm-hmm. for sure. And you know, the thing about it too, to her point, one of the goals of the trip is that we build these relationships and when we come back to Greensboro or wherever we come back to, we have these relationships, mm-hmm. we have these friendships, we have an understanding so that if something happens in the community, I can pick up the phone and call or you can pick up the phone and call us and say, hey guys, uh, I need to come and talk to you all. I want to be on the show or something like that. That's what those relationships does. And to Marilyn's point, and you know, Kudos to Maryland. Maryland is just a just a special spirit. I mean, this is how you develop community. This is how you develop community. And I just, I love it. I love it. And I'm still a good looking black guy who's the Democrat and all that kind of good stuff. And my best friend is still the good looking white guy who's the Republican. But none of that matters because we can find common ground and we don't try to cancel each other out. So if Bill says something like I don't agree with, or if he says fried chicken, I don't get offended on fried chicken because he eat more fried chicken than I ever thought about it. But he thinks Kentucky fried chicken is really fried chicken. Kentucky fried chicken ain't fried chicken. That's baked chicken. That's 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 shake and bake. Bill don't know the difference, but it's okay because we're going to get someplace in deep south where he's going to be finger licking good. But even <laughs> that, the things that so easily make us offended, we have to do better. We have to grab that offense when someone throws at us, throw it at us, catch it and play with it in our hand for a minute and turn our hand and just drop it and let it drop at our feet. Because all these things that offend us is like, wait a minute, because sometimes, Bill, sometimes Katie, people don't even know they offended us. That's right. They didn't, And we didn't even know what we said offended them. So let's talk about it. Can we talk? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about it? No, we can't talk about it. you offended me. That's childish. That's yeah. childish. We yeah. have to be better than that. We are better than that. Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point. If if someone tells you, like would tell me that some something Odell said on this podcast offended him, it's up to me to present that to Odell at the right time yeah. and place and share it. And it's up to Odell to either accept it or reject it mm-hmm. or to process it. Mm-hmm. And I we've done that a number of times where, I've come to him. He's come to me. He says, Hey, you know, I'm getting from my network. This offended him. And you're going, Oh my goodness. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. That I I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's real friendship right there because you know what you value each other so much that you are willing to go there. I find here people are so friendly 
but the roots are not deep. So if something happens and somebody gets offended and you want to have that conversation, it takes two strong people to sit at the table and say, you did this to me and that hurt me. Mm. And then the other person having an opportunity to respond to that. Oftentimes we really shy away from these difficult situations. Yes, you're right. And, you know, in those conversations that you, when you have them, tend to be at maybe the wrong word, but an intimate time Yes, that, that yes. you, you have that mm-hmm. with a person break yes. over a meal. Yes. Uh, sometimes in my case, over bourbon and a cigar. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're going to have to eventually do it over a fried chicken, I guess. That's what I'm hearing here. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting that when you think about and say stuff, um, we want people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, some things we say, we don't censor what we do here on Common Ground. We want you comfortably uncomfortable, but we don't want to openly offend anyone. So yeah. if anyone who's of African-American descent is offended at my good friend, Bill, who says fried chicken, get over it. <laughs> get over it. He, Bill's OK. Trust me, Bill's OK. We laugh, we joke, we offend, we love each other, we uh, we push it to the point where people are like, I can't believe he said that. Well, what's a taboo? Because if we don't pull some of these bias, prejudice, and stereotypes out of the air and drop it our feet, we'll never get away from it. If then we just keep canceling each other. Well, I don't like them. So I'm going to turn this station. I don't like them. I'm going to block them on Facebook. I don't like them. I'm going to cancel them. Let's have a conversation because if you only talk to people who you agree with or they agree with you, the reality is your own, you're really just talking to yourself. Yeah. Have you ever been canceled on anything, Odell? Anybody ever canceled? I don't know, Bill. I'm sure. I'm sure people don't like the good looking black guy. I'm sure black folk don't like the fact that I hang out with a black, I mean, with a white guy. I'm sure some Republicans don't like the fact that I hang out with Democrats. I think some Democrats don't like that I hang out with Republicans. But you know what? I'm trusting God. And to answer your question, God has never canceled me or giving up on me, I'm still a work in progress. And that's that God who took me from poverty, from the single mom who just struggled and we struggled, Bill, and we believed it. And we went from there to now I can have an intelligent conversation with the both of you all. So no, I haven't been canceled by the person who matters the most. Amen. Amen. Well said, huh? That's fantastic. I can't follow yeah. up with anything on that. That <laughs> kind of shut me down. The uh, You know, you ought to be a preacher. It sounds like you could do some preaching. <laughs> maybe just maybe, Bill. Maybe just maybe. <laughs> the, uh, well, I've been canceled uh, just recently. Uh, you know, we had a good friend at uh, Westover Church, Rowan, and uh, Rowan died uh, from COVID. He's, he's a year older than me. Uh, but he didn't get vaccinated mm-hmm. and uh, it was a sad story. And um, so it was on, something was on Facebook about vaccination. And I said, you know, y- you need to get vaccinated. I said, I, I, I don't know anybody that's died from the shot. I'm sure somebody has, but I do know a lot of people have died from COVID mm-hmm. and not getting vaccinated. And, uh, and I know people get sick when they're vaccinated. I get that. Uh, and a couple people on that uh, Facebook post, told me to mind my own business and shut up. So I came back and I said, Hey, do you think we can find some common ground on this to discuss it? Mm-hmm. And I sent them a link to our podcast and they, uh, defriended me. 
See, this is what happens. People are scared. They don't want to go there with you. That's exactly what happened to me when I said something also on Facebook. It rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, I got canceled. I, I invited them to have a conversation, go deeper, to find out what happened. And, you know, I was nobody took me up on that. It's just, you know, you said something, you're gone. <laughs> well, but, but it's more than that, though, because it has to be more than you say something, you're wrong. And the fact that, to your point, let's have a conversation, not a conversation, what we say quite often on this show, I'm not questioning you like you're on a witness stand. I'm questioning you for better understanding because exactly. I want to understand. It's exactly. So this is what's needed to find common ground. You need to have two strong parties that are willing to share what's going on and why they are doing what they're doing. And it takes vulnerability and courage. Yes, it but, does. But vulnerability, how do you help me from this perspective? Bill and myself are men. And you mm -hmm. know, men ain't but so smart. So when you see men being vulnerable, how does that make you feel? I applaud it because I think that's where that's where the gold is, the golden nugget, you know, because we can only get to know each other better if we let our defenses down and show up as, you know, kind of naked, <laughs> not put up any makeup or any special dress you know this is me this is what i believe in and here's why i believe it and then you have that conversation where you you st start finding common ground i agree and bill, bill have any of your friends canceled you for hanging out with the good-looking black guy no no one's done that uh, uh there's been some comments made uh negative and what i do is uh you know you gotta in in katiana mentioned this earlier she says, sometimes you can't change people's minds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus had that same problem in Nazareth with his family and friends. They, they dismissed him. So what did he do? He dusted off his sandals and he went on and did his work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think you give someone chance to change their mind, but if you see that it's, there's no sense staying there. If, if you're not move on. Yeah. And in this case, the time wasn't ready for me to change their mind. Yeah. And I'm just going to let them, they know they know i haven't changed my my values on you and my views on you uh they're just going to have to get used to the idea that i love odell mm -hmm. he's my bud mm -hmm. and uh we'll see what happens yeah you know what's interesting to kachiani's point is it we offend people or we invite people to consider another perspective yeah. Because Katiana, we learned a lot in the, in the South. Mm -hmm. um, you you don't know anything about growing up in South Carolina, mm -hmm. but in the South, we learned a lot of lessons on Grandma's porch, mm -hmm. and a lot of the lessons we learned, not all, but some of them are filled with bias, prejudice, and stereotypes. But we are empty slate. We're children, so we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. So if Uncle Bobo says all white people are this, or all German people are that, or all black people are that, then we like. Oh, well, we love Uncle Bobo, so Uncle Bobo must be right. But how do we re? How do we reprogram? It's almost like it's this little game used to be called Etch a Sketch. I don't know if you all ever heard of Etch a Sketch, yeah. where you write on it, then you shake it up. 
you shake it up and all of a sudden it becomes a, a blank slate again. So part of Odell's conversation, a part of Bill's conversation, a part of finding common ground is the etch-a-sketch that shakes us up mm -hmm. to reevaluate, recalibrate, relook at what we're doing. And it's okay if we do the same recording, but now we've been exposed to something else. So we try to push people at times to being uncomfortable but comfortably uncomfortable, but we don't intend to offend. But one thing about it, I'm not responsible 100% to what offends someone when I give them the opportunity or invite like you did, let's talk about it. That's right. Let's talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Well, then there's no conversation because I can't talk to you if you don't want to talk about it. Exactly. What you're doing basically is you're... Um not permitting the other person to learn because every time we come to the table and we share that's a learning opportunity right there you know and you were asking how do we change from the family where we came from to a more open mind and more compassionate person I would say traveling has a lot to do with it because I told you I'm from this tiny little town of 500 people, but traveling with no black people, with, with no, no black, black people, people, with a lot of chicken. No, that's right. You got that. In fact, uh, the whole area is named after chickens because we have so many chickens around there. But um, anyway, traveling, uh, you know, it's the, uh, the death of press prejudice because you are exposed to other cultures and the way how they do it and you see that not everywhere in the world they do the same things that you do you know so like when i was traveling to some countries where there were boys holding hands i'm like oh that's possible and it's not weird at all you know that's just normal there you know it's like they show that they love each other just like girls girlfriends hold hands and stuff like that so it's so good to see and be exposed to different ways of doing things, you know, just be open and um, just, you know, invite that into your life. Because as we're going back to what I said earlier, it's going to be enriched. Mm -hmm. Amen. One of the things you said that you spent time with your in-laws in the power of storytelling. Yes. Can you share a little bit of that before Bill asks you the, the golden mic question? But the power of storytelling, share with us why yeah. that's so powerful, please. So uh, what I said earlier was that um, people here are super friendly and you have you seem to have a lot of relationships, but relationships don't go very deep. So that's why it's important to share those stories, especially the stories of struggle with your family, because when you listen to your grandparents, you will find out life comes and ebbs and flows it's not going to be easy you know but they have survived because they have strong roots and this is what you can learn from them even if you know the waters are rising and you think you might be drowning stay with it and learn to swim because better times are just ahead if you just keep on afloat <laughs> good advice good advice the uh, great question odell the, uh, well, we're getting near the end, and we always ask our uh, give our, our guests the final word, but we also ask the question, how do you find common ground? So how I find common ground is just um, not to rush, not to rush from one thing to the other. Stay still and create space and make yourself available 
because there are lots of people out there that are struggling. And if you, if they find somebody that is still like, you know, somebody that's the rock, then they will come find you and you can create more connections. And through that, you will create these ripples of compassion and kindness that makes our community stronger. Wow. Very well said. And you made me think about something, uh, when we were on the bus in Israel, uh, you talked about stay still and and cut out some of the busyness. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're on the bus traveling about, you're sitting next to a new person. You got it. You don't. You can't do anything. I mean, you can look out the window, but more than likely, you're right next to each other, and you've got the time and the space to say, "Tell me about you." That's you right. Know, Just and, like we were stuck in Gander, Newfoundland. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> same, same thing. Yeah. Maybe we all should go to Gander. <laughs> Yeah, let's take a field trip yeah, to Gander. Yeah. Road to Gander. I like it. I like it. That's very good. Well, you've been a delight to be on our, our show, and we're so glad you. that you came back safe from 9-11 and your experiences. you got to write a book about it, <laughs> maybe maybe even a play. <laughs> it's been done. <laughs> That's great. Odell? Yes, Bill, can you ask our guest to end the show with that quote that she started the show with? I think that's so important, please. Okay, sure. So this quote comes uh, from Albert Schweitzer, and he said, at times our own light gets blown out and it's rekindled by the light of one another, of another person. So we are stronger together and keep an open mind and listen. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 Chief Financial Officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.